Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Ogbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. Kuwale Ogbayani, Alamia, with you on this Thursday. Woo! A lot to get into today. We actually have a really packed show with just highlighting women's basketball here in Hawaii. Uh, We have some audio clips from University of Hawaii women's basketball head coach Laura Beeman talking a little bit about her seniors and then their upcoming final couple of games of the season as they will celebrate their seniors on Saturday. And then we also have uh, a little short clip our Paul Breck did with um, HPU women's basketball head coach Katie Novak in her first year with the program and into the PacWest Conference Tournament that starts today. So we will have that game for you as well. Game time is at 1230. But if you want to go check out some really good PacWest basketball happening, it's out there at Chaminade. So yeah, lots of stuff going on right now if you're a basketball fan. So we'll hear from Coach Katie uh, in just a little bit and also give you some of the awards that actually HPU also received for their players after this season. Um, but first, want to start off with some NFL talk as we do have the NFL scouting combine, combine going on today. Uh, it getting started this whole week has been kind of like their player interviews and whatnot which we talked about him a little bit yesterday and Chaz mentioned him on our sports broadcast that Jalen Carter has actually posted bail as he was, uh, you know, turned himself in and arrested for his link to that accident, which killed a teammate and a staff member from Georgia. But he has returned. He was never expected to actually participate in the combine, like as far as the workouts. But this week is also meant for teams to have interviews with certain players. So um, despite, you know, what he did, I mean, he must have a really good PR team to be able to want to still go through these interviews and and see what happens for this week. And at a lot of these top players that are projected to go really high, many of them really don't participate anymore because it doesn't, you know, it really won't change their draft stock too much. I mean, if you're like top 10, what else can you do to prove where you should go except for these interviews? Because some of the, they like to see the personality with a lot of these players and their attitude and see how they hold themselves uh, with some kind of pressure on them in terms of interviews, because we see all the time, not everyone is going to be the Marshawn Lynch when it comes to being in the NFL and can just say, I'm just here. So I don't get fined. Uh, But that's what's going on this week. However, there are still 319 prospects that were invited, uh, two of them of which with Hawaii ties. You have Nick Herbig, a Kauai native and St. Louis alum, and of course, three-time state champion, which St. Louis. He started, he was a three-year starter at outside linebacker for Wisconsin, played in 31 games, 137 total tackles, 97 solo, 36 tackles for loss, 182 for 100. 82 yards, 21 sacks for 148 yards, and he is projected at the moment to go anywhere between rounds two and five. So you can fall anywhere in between there. Again, that's Nick Herbig with his Hawaii ties. Went to played his collegiate career at Wisconsin. He announced or he declared for the draft at the end of last year, but coming out of Kauai and St. Louis. So that's someone to look out for if you want to take a look at some of the times. As someone like him, as it's 
as we said, there he's projected to go anywhere two to five. So participating in the workouts could only potentially help his draft stock uh, that much more. And of course, going through the interviews. Another kid to look out for is Princeton receiver Andre Yosivash, a Punahou alum. And in 2022, this past season, Yosivash led the, led the Ivy League in receiving yards with 943, uh, 66 receptions, and seven touchdown passes, and multiple All-American honors. So he's another one to look out for. And he went to Princeton. So, I mean, that already says that you're going to be a smart kid. <laughs> and Punahou. So that's like double time. So those are the two players if you guys, you know, want to, Take a look at some as the combine starts going on and looking at the times. Those are the two players uh, that we have with Hawaii ties. Of course, other ones invited. As I mentioned, they don't necessarily have to participate. Some of the quarterbacks is, you know, Allen's favorite guy, Max Duggan out of TCU is over there. I mean, he's Max someone Duggan for president. Yeah, bro. he's someone that it would make sense for him to participate because he's like not up there with the top guys like your CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis. So if he participated and he fared sure. well, then maybe he could, you know, increase his draft stock. For the record, much. just just throwing it out there. For the record, I never said he was an NFL quarterback. <laughs> I just said he was the Heisman Trophy winner. He should have been the Heisman Trophy winner <laughs> over over what's-his-face. I don't even want to say his name because I'm so upset that he won it. Caleb Williams. Baffling to me. Case hit, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You, that, yeah, you got him yesterday in a card yeah. boy, yeah? In a break? Yeah. Is that what, it's is like, that what it's they a, call it? It's a Bowman, Bowman U. It's the Why does it say Big Kahuna, Big Kahuna on I it, I still don't know why they called it that. It's weird to me. It is weird, but it's a case hit, it's and awkward. it's a gold. It is, it, it's awkward, especially when you're from Hawaii, and you're like... I don't understand. Like, there's no, it doesn't, yeah. Well, that's, so it's what they call, like, their, they always have themes to their inserts, like, and other companies have stuff like the color, uh, color scheme, swatches. color sweet scheme. No, no, no. It's like a color blast. Where it's oh, like yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, color yeah. blast thing. So they always have, like, these. Like these the animated case, series, Yeah, right? these case hit type of things that you kind of chase after. So that's one of the things because it's a short print but i'm still like oh, I'm what does something like that go for nowadays because i know cards are so different now so i know we're getting off a tangent yeah. but just real quickly um like, what is, what well is the market's like- the market's finally back to normal so i have and that product that that product just came out so there's not a lot of comps out there because i looked and i'm like these comps aren't very high but i mean you have a big kahuna of like your favorite guy Caleb Williams, or no, 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 it wasn't Caleb Williams. It was Bryce Young, and I think that one was like around eight hundred. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh man, I gotta get into cards. <laughs> no, screw this radio. You don't want to get into. I, <laughs> again, I will fair warn that getting into cards is basically legal gambling because you buy the box and you don't know if you're gonna make your money back. So <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's like the stock market, and right? you have to put in more work because you have to like put in the work to like bust all the packs and then you have to sleeve them and then you have to post it online to sell it where it's like the stock market well, don't you have to get actual, it graded too yeah depending if you want to and then that's a another investment it can increase the the value of the card but it also but, can decrease it though right because mm-hmm. if they if you think it's like it might look like a, a I don't think condition. It, I, don't, I wouldn't say decrease at all because either way it's still you're still making your money back true <laughs> i all would right. say it would just increase or it could just 
stay the same. But again, there's extra work that goes into all of that, that hobby slash career choice or whatnot, instead of actual gambling where you just, you know, put your money in and hope for the best. (laughs) And then you can either take that ticket to the window and get extra money or you just watch it all fade away as you watch the game go on. No. <laughs> but another quarterback, your guy, Dorian Thompson Robinson out of UCLA DTR. is also one. I'm not sure if Bryce Young's gonna participate. He's on here obviously as being invited, just like Will Levis and CJ Stroud amongst the quarterbacks. But like I said, if you're Bryce Young, I mean you only go mainly for the interviews. Like gone are the days where if you're a top pick, like there's I, no point in you actually trying to go through the yeah. workout. And I, and I think if I'm Bryce Young, I'm staying away from that because they're going to measure you to the death. And and, yeah. and there's a lot of reports coming out lately the last couple of weeks saying like people wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole because what he's listed at is not where his height is. And he's shorter than what he's listed. And and so if, if I'm him, I'm not going anywhere near a measuring tape around them because they're going to scrutinize every little bit and that's going to hurt your stock as well. So I agree with you. Stay away from it. If teams want you, they're going to call you to interview anyway, so just stay away from there. Yeah, so and all these other guys, I mean, Stetson Bennett's on this list too, and D- D- he, he'll have another fun time with the interview process as there was more coming out for him. Man, Georgia winning that championship, and he's 25 year old years old, man. Be more mature. Like, I guess he was trying to, like, hide behind a wall, like, before he was arrested for, like, the public intoxication thing. Right. He was hiding from the police. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> kids are going to be... He, but see, that's the thing. He's not, but he's a, not kid. a kid. True, true. So he's I'm old. like, if, if he was like 20 tw- or 21, because you have to be 21 to drink, I'm like, if he's 21 and he's like, woo, won the national championship. All right. It's the first time I'm moving to drink. Like, all right. Kid, I, I would go on that sentiment. Like, kids will be kids. That's you true. know, he he's won. 28. He was 28 when he won. <laughs> yeah. Just joking. 25 to be exact. Yeah. But, but no, I wasn't I'm too like, far off. No. Like, come on, man. Like, mm, you were able to drink for like the past. Four, four years. So. DTR is the one that really intrigues me because you, I mean, you and I have always talked about him, how there's days he looks world-class, like he should be every bit of what people imagine him to be. And then there's days you're like, how is this guy even playing D1 ball to begin with? Yeah. Um, this, his senior year though, he put more of those, those days together where you're like, this dude is on a different level than everyone else, and he plays on a different planet. Mm-hmm. And then, but then again, he has those games where you're just like, bruh. And and there's no other way to put it, but exactly that. And because you, you're left pondering, like, what are you doing? Where's your thought process at right now? And the thought process was the immaturity side of him just wanting to do everything himself. But at the same time, when he really settled down and trusted his teammates, he he was a different player and and so he I just don't know if his measurements again he's one of those guys where I think the measurements hurt him because unfortunately people care about the measurements. Yeah. Well, Over the talent and the skill they look at the measurements and and DTR's is not very heavy. He doesn't got a lot of bulk to him and he's I mean he's he's got okay height but he's not tall by any means. As long as we don't have another like storyline where they talk about small hands for like 
two weeks leading up to the draft. That to me was like the most annoying thing. Like hearing about Kenny Pickett and his small hands. You know who else had small hands? Joe Burrow. And he seems to be just fine. Drew Brees had small hands too, right? Well, because Drew Brees is small. But I think it was the comparable to like your height and the hand size like with Kenny Pickett because he's a lot taller and you're like, why isn't your hand bigger? But if you're like... I don't know. Why did God make my hand this (laughs) way? I can't can't answer that. Like I I hate when they ask questions like, like that. Why is your hands that small? I don't know. The <laughs> I mean, they of... don't ask why. They're just like, there's always the concern that their hand is small. Like, I can understand the concern with overall height and size because you have to be able why to- Why are you short? One, I don't know. Ask my mom. She's four foot nothing. One, you have to be able to see <laughs> over the your own line and be able to read- like see somewhat over like the defense and everything that's going on. But I mean, Drew Brees I... and Russell Wilson obviously- agree great exceptions uh kyler murray is like yet to be seen i mean he likes to run a lot but i don't know if he's a good quarterback per se i'd I'd be the uh the smart a uh that'd be like how about stop worrying about my height and just get a line that matches my height (laughs) i mean that guy and he's not getting drafted that's why i'm not getting drafted by that's my smart ass answer i'd be like i don't know just how about you worry about getting a line that matches my height? <laughs> so, again, NFL Combine going on uh, today. You have some of the, the – the Athletic actually has a really good blog or live blog going on. The schedule, again, today, actually, it'll just be the defensive line and linebackers. Quarterbacks don't go until Saturday along with the receivers and tight ends. Tomorrow will be the DBs and specialists. And then Sunday are the offensive line and running back. So that's a lot of the stuff I like to see with some of the the. Tra- trenches guys and see how the the kind of numbers that they put up because hey there's a lot to kind of dissect there when it comes to just some of how quickly they're able to do certain things like your shuttle run and whatnot but when we come back we will get into a little bit of university of hawaii rainbow wahine basketball next on wake up in the dead Wake Up in the Den with Kuulei Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Hey, turn the music up. Alan always likes to turn my music down. <sighs> Every time. All right, got to get into it. Rainbow White <laughs> basketball. Uh, last couple of games of the season before they head over for the Big West Conference Tournament. Tonight, they are taking on CSUN at 7 p.m. at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. And on Saturday for their senior, senior night versus UC Santa Barbara. But first, uh, Coach Laura Beeman kind of spoke to the media during our avails a couple of days ago. And she starts off by talking about her uh, their or their seniors this week or that they'll celebrate on Saturday in both grad transfers, actually seniors, Callan Spiller and McKenna Hare, which is so crazy. When I look back, I was like, that's right. They're like, really, they're so smart that they chose Hawaii to finish up grad school, dude, Columbia and Princeton shout out ladies. All right. But this is what uh, the audio starts with coach Beeman, just talking about these seniors. You know, when I think about Mac and Callan, um, I think about the, immediate impact they had on our team last year. You know, Amy was that leader on the court, get it done by action, but she didn't have that big voice. And I remember when we were recruiting, um, or I shouldn't say recruiting, but when they contacted us out of the transfer portal, it was all about, okay, don't know what your role on the court is gonna be, but I know you guys are amazing leaders. I know that you guys know the good, good culture of a locker room based on coming from Columbia, coming from Princeton, the coaches that they had had. Um, 
so the fact that they could step in and make the change that they made um, so and seamlessly. Uh, last year, we would not have won that championship had it not been for those two. Uh, Amy, yes, I get it, but Amy wouldn't be Amy without the two of them. Coming into this year, their roles changed. You know, Callan has stepped up big time on the court. Mac has had some big games for us as well. Their voice in the locker room hasn't changed. Um, but what they have done for me as far as their head coach is they've made my life incredibly easy. Just knowing that they're gonna handle the responsibilities of helping these young women grow up, making sure they know what to do in the classroom, making sure they know what to do when it comes time to just, you know, time management. They've been amazing. And you don't replace, you know, two young ladies like this at all. And trying to balance that emotions of that and then knowing what's on the line and that seating implications big time here in the Big West Conference. Uh, you know, what's the message to, to them, to the team? You know, as emotional as it is, uh, no one wants to lose on senior night. No one wants to lose Thursday night prior to if we have a chance to get that third seed. So all the emotions of saying goodbye can wait till graduation. You know, um, it's a big week. It's senior night. And, and I hope people come out and support these two young women who have completely embraced Hawaii. Um, they, they epitomize Aloha and, and getting out in the community and all the things that you want from your players. And so I hope we see people come out and support that. Um, but for the message I'm sending to the team is we play basketball. You know, we have to close out games with two seconds left. That's what championship teams do. And I promise you, Callan and Mac don't want anything, anything more than to win the tournament and go to the NC2A. They would bypass senior night if that could happen. So the focus has to be on continuing to execute, continuing to get better at the end of the games. Um, championship teams close out games. And we're not there yet. We can play with the best teams in the conference, but we have to close out games. So the message is simple. Execution, application of the execution, put the emotion to the side, and let's go do what we do. You know, um, off, off the court, you know, both uh, Mac and Cal kind of were talking about their favorite memories or moments. They weren't associated with basketball. For you as, as their coach and as someone who brings, you know, these girls in from the mainland, you know, how important is it for you for them to get those experiences, right? Go to Luau or go mm -hmm. to the beach and do these things that are uniquely Hawaii. You know, how important is that for you to that when they are going through their senior night that those are the things that they will, you know, take on when they remember about their time here, and, you know, besides the basketball part? You know, we talk about student athletes all the time. People first, person first, young woman first, mentor first. Those are the things that those two have been for our program. And so for their memories to be off the court, a recruiting visit maybe at my place, or you know, a hike that they've done, or the luau's that we've done. That's what you want their memories to be. Um, I guarantee you in three years from now, I will not remember how many points or minutes Callan and Mac averaged. I will remember what they've done as far as being the glue and being great young ladies and being great examples for our up-and-comers, what they've done in this community. That's what I'm gonna remember. And I don't want them to remember me as, oh, she was a great coach. I want them to remember me as Coach Beam as someone that's gonna be in my life forever. When I get married, when I have a child, when I, whatever it is, I want Coach to be there as someone in my life who mattered. That's why we do what we do. We get wrapped up in the wins and losses, and of course we have to. That's why I keep my job, I guess. Um, but to know that I've had an impact on these kids off the court, put that on my tombstone. I'm better with that. <laughs> in, in years to come. Well, I mean, you know, kind of, you just said the blue of the team, the voice in the locker room. How important has that been in this particular season, dealing with adversity you've gone through with the injuries and uh, the stuff that's 
that's going on the court as well? You know, it's been hard. The injuries have been tough. Um, you know, after Santa Barbara, after Jackie, um, you know, that locker room, we didn't, we didn't have a dry eye. And going into that Davis game, we were flat. And, and I couldn't expect those kids to do anything more than what they did that night. And to have Mac and Callen saying, we're going to get through this. And, and everybody else saying, yeah, we're going to get through this. We're going to be there for each other. Um, let's, let's readjust our why a little bit and who and what we're playing for. Um, Callen and Mac have been central voice to that. And that's been really nice that they've been able to shed tears with their teammates and with me. And to talk about what are our next steps moving forward. Let's keep things in perspective. And then also allowing themselves to be recalibrated. Because as strong as you are as one of the leaders and one of the voices, there's a time and place for you to have your moment of breakdown and to allow themselves that, that moment of vulnerability to say, this, this is really, you know, cruddy, coach. Um, you know, what do we do? And just helping them recalibrate and not losing sight that we're still going to be okay. We just have to get back to the X's and O's and talk about it when it hurts, and that's what we do. These are the last of a 20-game conference schedule, which, you know, as a program, has, I don't think, ever been done. Um, There's a reason. How do you feel like you guys have negotiated some of those difficulties beyond just the injuries along the way? Oh, I think that, you know, we're a program, and, and this is just part of probably my DNA a little bit, the DNA of who I want working with me and the administration and these kids. You're going to do what it takes. You're never going to risk or jeopardize someone's safety. We had no control of these injuries. But you take a look at the path before you. You get a plan of action. You take the plan of action, you adjust when needed, but you don't make excuses. And we're not gonna make an excuse for our travel or the 20 games or that by far we have the most difficult situation of any team in our conference. We're not gonna use that as an excuse, we're gonna use that as motivation. Um, I knew what I got into when I took this job 11 years ago now. Um, excuses aren't a part of it. it. It's using the motivation and coming up with a, a very well thought out plan and executing that plan. That's what we do with the schedule. Yeah, no excuses. And that's what, I mean, we talk about it time and time again. Alan and I both share the same sentiment when it comes to this team. And not just this year, but every year. You know, Coach Beeman always finds a way to make sure that they're peaking at the perfect time heading into the tournament. And despite many adversities, especially this season with losing three key, really key and role players to this team, but still finding ways to grind out wins. But as she mentioned in the beginning of the interview, you know, the championship teams close out games. And that's something I've noticed within the last couple of games. Again, they just lost their their last one against UC Irvine in overtime in which they should have won really at the end of that game but there was that travel and, and whatnot and the rest is history but Yes, finding a way to close out the games as they play CSUN tonight at 7 p.m. And then on Saturday, they play UC Santa Barbara. They did beat CSUN on the road earlier in the season, 76-60, but they did lose to UC Santa Barbara, 69-72. And right now, the Rainbow Wahine sit at fourth in the Big West Conference. So should they finish there or above, they would or actually between there and then even all the way down to the sixth seed, they will get at least that first day by. They wouldn't have to play in the opening round on Tuesday. So barring any unfortunate things happening, I can kind of see them probably staying at around that fourth seed. But got to close out the last couple of games again as they celebrate seniors, Callan Spiller and McKenna Hare on Saturday, which, by the way, senior night this with the ceremonies, the adult tickets are only $7.00. Uh, seniors 65 and up are $5 and youth ages four through high school 
are free. So it's, it could be a free family night to go out and watch some Rainbow Wahine volleyball at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. I mean, it's free. What a great night to just go over there for the kids. And eh, even if you look like you're in high Alan, you could probably say you're in high school. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, mean, I, I saw school. it like I saw it in your eyes. You're you're ramping that one up. That one actually and that one just came to me. I did not plan that joke. <laughs> I don't know why I sit here and take this. But if you guys do, if you are going to the game today, though, the Hawaii Pacific Health is the sponsor of tonight's game. Play 4K slash Pink Night, and they'll distrib- distribute 75 pink bags and provide health screenings prior to the game at Gate A. And fans are encouraged to wear their pink apparel. So if you go today... It's pink night. If you go on Saturday, you want to wear Aloha apparel and bring tea leaves to celebrate the seniors again. It's free for youth ages four through high school. Well, got to step aside. When we come back, we will continue our chat about women's basketball. But go over to HPU side and hear from their head coach, Katie Novak, next on Wake Up. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kuule Agbayani, Alamia, with you on this Thursday as we gear up for, man, a lot more. Oh my gosh, it's still March, but it's March Madness, officially the start with everything going on. I love how you say it's still March. We're like only a day, a full day in. (laughs) My words are just getting blurred together. It's still March. Like you're making March seem super, super long. Well, if it's any, if, if it's any way that, February went, then I'm going to be saying that it's done already. And then, well, then I'd be in Houston for the final four. But all those kinds of stuff going on with conference tournaments. This week is the PacWest Conference Tournament hosted by Chaminade. So you guys can go out over there at McCabe Gym and go and watch some Division Two hoops featuring, of course, some of our Hawaii teams. And on the women's side, we have Hawaii Pacific University our good friends over there. And on the men's side, you have Chaminade and the University of Hawaii, Hilo. Uh, But first, we will hear from first-year head coach Katie Novak, which, by the way, got to say congratulations to her. So she was like hapai this whole season coaching and she actually welcomed a healthy baby girl on the morning of February 22nd. Uh, But because she was at the end of her pregnancy she could not go on that final road trip that they had to close out the season the season the sharks played point loma azusa pacific concordia and biola Uh, they ended the season though on a three game losing streak again she wasn't able to be there but our paul brecht got a chance to catch up with her and and he starts by asking coach novak about what she saw because i mean she could still watch the the tape and whatnot and what she thinks they need to do to get back on track heading into the tournament and hopefully redeeming their 78 to 60 loss against concordia just a week ago they did lose to concordia in overtime in the first time they played each other back in January, 92 to 90. And that is who they open up the tournament with as the HPU is the number six seed and Concordia is the number three seed today. But here is what Coach Novak had to say. We we just didn't play very consistently. It was kind of a different thing for each game. You know, one game we're not rebounding well. The next game we're not defending well. The next game we play 
two really good quarters and then play two quarters where we're not on the same page. And uh, it just, it, it's just been inconsistent. And we knew this is going to be a hard road trip. Um, I knew with just a couple of minor injuries, we wouldn't have some people there, uh, which hurt depth a little bit. Um, but that's just what you roll with when you're at the end of season and, you know, and we get to have, get people back. So that's great. And, um, you know, I knew I wouldn't be there as well, which is just difficult to try to do as much as you can from the road. But we knew that this was a really difficult trip with a lot of the top teams in conference up and it's going to be a battle every single game, um, you know, for that last one in particular against Biola. That one was hard because it was fourth or sixth at that point and we lose in overtime. But um, I think whenever you lose, you really learn more. It sticks more. Um, so if we really can learn from the last few games, um, you know, I'll take three losses in a row if we can get three wins in a row right now. I, I think that's a really fair point. Um, you know, and that's totally true. The best teams take almost more from losses than they do from wins. And uh, you guys have played a lot of really close games this season, obviously had some heartbreakers uh, in overtime. How does that, how do those experiences, do you feel, prepare you guys, prepare your team as you guys head into this PacWest tournament? Yeah, it's interesting. We've actually had five conference overtime games. Uh, we've won three of them. We've lost two of them. One was the 90 to 92 loss to Concordia the first time on pretty much a last second opportunity. It was a great game. Um, but I think for us, it helps just normalize being in those close game situations. And even if we haven't gone into overtime, we've had a lot that are within five points, you know, or single digit points. Um, so it just, it just brings experience and familiarity and uh, I I like close games like that because it just it helps prepare you. Um, I'm guessing a lot of these games too. I mean, looking at the conference tournament, like all six teams, there's a lot of been a lot of beating each other throughout. I mean, it's just at this at this moment in time, I think there's going to be a lot of really close games. So the fact that we've been in a lot um, gives me confidence that we were comfortable in that scenario. Uh, you mentioned the first matchup against Concordia. Uh, you guys dropped at 92-90 in overtime, obviously a really tough loss, but one that you can um, build off of in certain ways. February 23rd, uh, you guys ended up losing 78-60. to uh, mm -hmm. The score is a little misleading, though. Uh, seemed that second quarter, things kind of got away from you guys, and then that deficit that you fell down by just became to be too much um, or, or you've ran out of time, I guess, to mm -hmm. make up the rest of the ground. How do you avoid having that type of repeat performance here just a week later? Um, and, you know, first game, Abby had 31 points. Second game, she had 12. How do you have her more of that first matchup, that efficiency of the first matchup than the second one? You know, I think that, they made good adjustments. Um, you know, she's getting sometimes a triple team. It's and she's gotten that the second half of conference for sure. Um, so I think it's been good for us that we've had different people step up and and pick up more of a okay. You don't want to guard me. I'm going to knock down the shot. And uh, 
I don't think we had that earlier on in the season, um, but I think we have more people that are gaining confidence that they can step up and, and get things done when we need to get things done. Um, what I would like to see us change is I think we're a much better defensive team than we've shown the last two times we've played them, both times. Um, even, you know, giving up, I know we went into overtime, but giving up 92 points to me still like that was a something we took away from the first time was this was not a very good defensive game for us. So that's something that we're really going to focus in on is, you know, playing our defensive principles for 40 minutes. It can't be, you know, we played them for 22 minutes last game and they're too good of a team to do that against. And they're going to take advantage if, you know, we, we don't rotate or we don't block them out. And especially now, um, this time of the year, it's you get 40 minutes and you win or you go home. So I think that we're going to be a lot more locked in defensively than we have been in previous times playing them. Conference awards came out this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a super awesome honor for Abby. Yes. Uh, she conference player of the year, newcomer of the year, uh, all pack West first team. Uh, what has she meant to the program? Obviously uh, this year coming in as you get yourself settled uh, as you build this HPU program? You know, it's really hard to put into words how grateful I am to be her coach. Uh, she she just does a lot of things that, you know, as a coach, you hope your team can be that way or feel that way or or just accept challenges or, you know, that kind of thing. And she just has the experience and the maturity Um, and, and she's been there before. I think she's got a real passion too. I don't know if you knew this, but she, she didn't even play last year. She had a year off of basketball and she was student teaching and she thought she was done. Um, and I think that she has a really good perspective on, you know, being grateful for even the times that are difficult, because there's always going to be difficult times in a season and the coaches are going to push you or you're going to have bad games or you're going to be tested. And, you know, she really appreciates, I think, just the ride and and being able to play. And obviously she's just like a spectacular player. I mean, she's six, three, she has great hands, great feet. She can move up and down the floor. She can knock down an outside shot. Like she has all these um, physical skills that are why she is as good as she is, but really just, I mean, she's coachable. She's a good teammate. She's always happy to be there. And she's just, you know, grateful for the experience. So as a coach, you can't, can't really ask for much more. I'm very proud that she got player of the year. I think it was very deserved. And again, that was Hawaii Pacific University women's basketball head coach Katie Novak speaking with our Paul Brecht, uh, just recapping a little bit of the season and looking ahead to the PacWest Conference Tournament, which gets underway today, and they will play Concordia in their first game up. We will have coverage of that game. Game time is 12.30 this afternoon, and we'll jump on air probably around like 10 minutes before that. So it'll be a it'll be a fun game. And Paul Breck on the, I don't want to say the ones and twos, but <laughs> kind of throwing him into the fire there. But as the ending of that interview, Coach Novak talked about Abby Spurgeon, and we've mentioned her throughout like our broadcast throughout the season and even on the show. I mean, this woman is just like an incredible basketball player. And yeah, just the fact that she even took a year off, but she received the all West honors for player of the year and a newcomer of the year. And also though, shout out to Avery Cargill, another Hawaii Pacific University player who was voted to the third team 
also that were received PacWest honors are Mandy Kawaha of University of Hawaii at Hilo, who made the first team orig- and local girl originally from Hilo, Hawaii. And Kamalu Kamakaviva Ole, also with the University of Hawaii at Hilo, voted onto the third team out of Kaimuki, Hawaii. So, hey, shout out to some of our local girls getting the honors there. Yeah, I think, like, especially for UH Hilo, too, but uh, basketball here locally, whether it's HPU, UH Hilo, like I said, even Chaminade, you know, it was this year was surprisingly very, very good. Usually there's one team that comes out of the pack of the Hawaii uh, pod, as they, they call it. Yeah, <laughs> but this year, you know, top to bottom, Chaminade made some vast improvements. I thought UH Hilo made the most. And, and then, of course, mm-hmm. you know, and but that's. That's relative because you have to understand the situation that HPU was in last year with their women's program to this year. So, but based on everything, man, uh, Katie Novak can't say much. Like I can't say enough about her as a head coach. Spurgeon can't say enough about her as a player, thinking her career was done and then coming back. Uh, you know, and it's it's. It's, and Avery. She and was Avery. one of the players we covered yeah, and, last season. And Avery was my, you know, my favorite player last year through the, you know, the tumultuous season and, and just the adversity they went through. She still stuck it out, came back, played every game as if it was her last game. And, and, and you could really see that passion last year, even the, even during trying times. And then to see her this year get recognized for those efforts. Uh, just a, just an amazing turnaround for HPU. And, and, and kudos to all the local girls um, that are getting – you know, awards and, and uh, I guess just recognition for their, their play this year because it's been truly deserved from the state of Hawaii. Yeah, and also on the men's side for the PacWest Awards, a shout-out to some of the players from local the local colleges here. Uh, the big awards defender of the year, Nadrick Pete out of UH Hilo. Newcomer of the year, Carlos Ramsey Jr., also out of UH Hilo. And freshman of the year, Ross Reeves out of Chaminade. Whoop, whoop, but Chaminade. <laughs> Then <laughs> they gotta do that with her. <laughs> with, not with ours. Just say it with my alumni. Where, where my Shamanad. my schools, Shamanad Mililani. <laughs> Actually, that was what I was thinking about with the Sharks Weekly yesterday, uh, which featured HPU softball, which you can check out. Too. Oh my gosh. Just like how we said about baseball, how it was entertaining. The softball girls yesterday were like, it was hilarious. Like the entire episode, I'm just like cracking up and they were so entertaining. So if you missed it, listen to that episode. You'll you'll have a good laugh throughout the time. It's, you know, wherever you get your podcasts or on Hawaii Sports Radio. I'm telling you, baseball com. players, softball players, we're <laughs> so quirky. Hilarious. Like, no, because we're, we're just quirky. Well, like how we talked about, yes, baseball, but and then female athletes in general are all quirky because I feel like it was playing multiple sports is like, nope, we're all the same. Like, no, it doesn't matter what sport you are. I think it's just female athletes in general. But um, also getting honors for PacWest men's basketball voted to the first team out of UH Hilo. We have Darren Williams and Aniwaniwa Tate Jones. And on the second team out of UH Hilo, UH Hilo just with all these awards, Carlos Ramsey Jr. And then out of Chaminade, Isaac Amaro Arthuri, who, yeah, he's really good. I remember watching him playing. And this, I was like, damn, this kid is good. And also Braden Olsen voted to the second team. So shout out to a lot of the local schools. There are no uh, players necessarily with Hawaii ties that were voted on to any other teams except for the ones that are going to the local schools, but because they list like the hometown and whatnot, but players from all over the place and it'll be some fun basketball. If you guys want to go check it out between today and Saturday, it's, it's just crazy. You think about like, you know, UH Hilo, the university of Hawaii, Hilo, 
they have come so far in all the programs from baseball to basketball and the other sports too are starting to come. They're starting to invest in it. And, and really you're starting to see an uptake in, in their recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's showing as far as results and, you know, accolades, um, you know, HPU again, growing times, like they're kind of starting to see what UH Hilo can do, what Shamanad is doing, building their programs. And now HPU starting to get on board with it. And it starts with good head coaching. Katie Novak being one of them. She's going to get good recruits in because people are going to want to play for her. You know, basketball, you know, they, they're trying to mix some of that youth with with veteran leadership and transfers, trying to just get that program on a momentum swing. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first step for them. And then, you know, baseball, you, you look at like Coach Dane and Fujinaka, that what he's got going on with the baseball program, what Shorty's trying to instill with the full recruiting class with softball. They're not there yet, but they're going to go through some growing pains, but they're on the uptick too. So... You know, D2 ball, D2 athletics. Yes. Bruh. Yes. Come Uh, out and support us. There's a reason why. (laughs) There's a reason why some D1 schools are ducking some D2 schools. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. Um, But, you know, it's it's not looked down upon anymore. And D2 athletics is really getting really, really, really good. Oh, yeah. And that's why I always recommend, like, the kids these days. I mean, part of it, I think, is, you know, social media and everyone posting, like, I received an offer from here and there. Trust me, half those guys didn't receive a full (laughs) offer. They're just like, hey, would you like to think about coming? there's nothing wrong. If you can go get your education paid for at a Division II school and, more importantly, get legit playing time going to a D2 school, I mean, like, Trust me, it was like the best decision that I Here's ever made, and it was awesome. Like, because if, if I tried to go and play at UH, I would have—I don't even know if I would have made the team. But if I did, probably would have rode the bench. Yeah. Shamanade, I played like every single game, and the whole game, you know, was a starter, was a captain, and like it was fun. So, family come out to support, and at least I'm going to play. Made the traveling squad. You travel for free, and let me, or, let, if let you me. don't make the traveling squad, it's kind of a bummer because you have to stay home. So, kids. Let me ask you Division about Division two, even Division three, it's everything's okay. Let me ask you, what would you like to be? Mediocre D one level, or one of the best in the country D two level? Mm-hmm. I just want to play. Because if you're going to the next level, trust me, if you're the best at D two, you're getting looked at just as much as the mediocre guy maybe on D one. You're getting looked at just as much because they want to see okay. We've seen what, what there is at the D1 level. Let's see what's at the D2 level. Now they're looking at the top echelon of the D2 level only. So what would you rather be? Barely get a glance at D1 level being mediocre or be the best in D2 level and, and get a, a solid look? And again, just playing. We just want to get some playing time. Ah. If you're not going to, you know, if you don't have the talent, and you have to be real with yourself and parents, you know, we have to be real with our kids too to not like build them up and like they're the greatest and they're really not. But <laughs> um, if, uh, if you, that's a that's a different subject for a different if, day. If you're real with yourself and you're like, all right, am I gonna actually play like professional? Probably not. So if I'm not gonna play professional, then I might as well go and play Division two, Division three, get my education paid for, get playing time, make a lot of good friends, choose a good school. Obviously, like I chose Shamanad because at the time they were the only. Uh, school locally that offered a bachelor's degree in criminology and criminal justice so like i know how alan said you should always choose the school and to over the coaching but yes again if you have no like whatsoever be real with yourself you're not playing at the professional level then of course choose like your best ed- place for your education and where you get some money and the rest is history well i i think for football i can understand because that deals with schemes a lot 
like you know what I mean? Like if 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 you're a running back, but you know that coach is a straight passing guy, you know you don't want to go there obviously because yeah, you're not going to get the ball and it's not going to be to your to your skill level. Baseball, other sports like that, not not so much, you know, because the schemes are all the same. It's just a matter of how you play and if you're good enough to play. So yeah. that's why I say that. Football, I can I understand a little bit more. I still wish though people would choose school first because you got to remember you're a student before you're an athlete. For majority of the people, the upper echelon, that, that's yeah, what, no, that's the what upper we recommend. Echelon, but I will fully disclose that. Um, no, I get probably it. During high school and college, I was more of an athlete student. No, I uh, no, I get that. But you're you're, you're setting the wrong tone there. But the, <laughs> like, if you're the upper echelon and you know you're getting that next level, yeah. But if you're not and you're still trying to figure it all out, I'm you're, just trying you're to be honest before. with our beautiful people that uh, I will fully say like. Basically, it was like if I had to um, and uh, yes, this is not recommended whatsoever, but I'm just trying to be honest here. Uh, Sorry, mom and dad. But (laughs) there were times where like if I had an exam the next day or a game in the morning, I'm like, "Mm, I probably should get my sleep so that I'm ready for the game. And again, not suggested. Don't take my advice. But I kind of enjoyed the sports a lot more than I should have enjoyed school. But anyways, we'll be back to close it out on Wake Up in the Den. So Alan and I are in a little debate uh, during the break, (laughs) a fun one, because um, I was talking about, you know, like just before that break, we were talking about uh, just being honest that when it came to sports, I was and again, I do not recommend this, but I'm just trying to be real with everybody that I was more of an athlete student, which means my athletic and working out and game times and sleep time to be ready for a game. unfortunately came a little bit before studies <laughs> so I, think- I again don't recommend it but I was an athlete student and again but anyways growing up I it was because Alan his daughter is very young and she's very very girly and he's like yeah I don't have an athlete on my hands and I kept trying to tell him I'm like you never know oh no 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 you no, never know me. so because for myself I was and my dad always like laughs about it because he was just he would say the same thing that Alan is like he's like yeah I remember because I would always love to wear the floofy dresses I think I had like one in every color and I had the cute little shoes and wanted like oh my hair in the ponytail and I just like to be cute and every time I would fall down my dad said I would cry like all the time and I would break a lot of my like jade gla- uh, bracelets that I had because I would just fall every single time and I was super oh, girly kid has a uh, jade bracelets everyone you don't see those no. all the little no. ones um but like so I was just really really girly when I was a kid and then my dad would always yeah he's always like oh I have I and it's okay like you said it's okay I love you know, happy you with love, it love Look, your daughter either way it. my dad but my dad would just be like all right I'm gonna have like a really girly girl daughter you know <laughs> and then like elementary I started I don't know like in between well it was a mix of elementary and then I grew up with a lot of my boy cousins that would come to visit all the time so then I and they would well they'd probably break like my Barbie dolls too but um so they they came and then like they kind of like roughed me up a little bit and I always wanted to hang out with them because I wanted them to accept accept me so I started like you know, doing the whole like fishing thing and just trying to keep up with the boys and elementary. I just started to, you know, play pickup 
basketball and hang out with I mean I had like my best friends were girls but I also got along with the boys in elementary and would always like to play like basketball and stuff and then I got really boyish like where my mom just had to like beg me to even dress up somewhat nice for picture taking and I'm like I just went to wear t-shirts and like baggy jean shorts and everything so so tomboy and I think the compromise for like I want I want to say it was like fourth grade. The compromise was like corduroys, jumpers, which jumpers are coming back now or overalls. Um, but anyways, I was tomboy. They're called rompers. They're not rompers. I'm just, I'm just chill. This guy trying to make like he knows. <laughs> but anyways, and then like high school, I started hanging out more with my like my girl cousins, and they were really really girly, and would always try to like dress me up to be girly and then I started to oh I like kind of being girly girl and then I got like into more like fashion and handbags and then and then of course I played like serious sports like soccer and basketball like competitively and then now I'm kind of in between more more tomboy on most days but every now and then I get dressed up but anyways more of the story is that's why Alan and I got a debate because he sounds exactly like I'm sure my dad did when I was that age like Oh, I love my daughter either way, but no athlete whatsoever. It's just going to be a girly girl. And I'm trying to convince Alan, like, Alan, you never know. It's going to change. Like, I kept, I was girly, tomboy, girly again. And now I'm like kind of a mix of both. <laughs> so you never know. Your daisy picker could turn I'm out. I'm okay with my princess being okay. a daisy picker. But and I'm actually, I prefer it more. <laughs> what? I prefer it more because I want her to do well in school. And I want her to be a functioning human being in society. That makes that's now you're just knocking athletes that saying that we can't be good at school and some but of them. even non athletes aren't good at school. So I want her to do the things she loves. And right now it's it's strictly books and princess and and dancing and, and dolls. So I'm okay with that. And I don't Taylor care. Swift and Sunshine it's and not Rainbows. Taylor Swift. That's, and no. Sunshine and Rainbows. It is rainbows though for her. Right. Everything's about rainbows. Stick around later on. Sharks basketball coming up later for Alan Mia. I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye.